everyone. You're listening to The Katie Helper Show, and I'm your host, Katie Helper. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show, where for just $1 a month, you can help make the show happen. And for $5 a month, you'll qualify for great bonus content, including an alternative podcast feed and rarely seen clips that aired on our live shows. Hello, and welcome to the Katie Halper Show. We are so excited to be joined by Brianna Joy Gray. She's a journalist, the host of the Bad Faith Podcast. She's also a host at Rising on the Hill, and she is the former press secretary for Bernie Sanders. Apologies on my part for being late, but I think it's worth it. Thank you, Brad, for helping set this up, and thank you so much, Brianna Joy Gray, for joining us. Yeah, I had to take some responsibility for your being late as well, because you also just very grace graciously uh, submitted to an interview on Bad Faith Podcast that'll be out Monday. So yes, I, so me, you have that to look fault. forward to. Yes, you have that to look forward to. And what's better than having two Brie and Katie appearances within the same few days? So you're welcome, world. <laughs> Just a few announcements. Make sure that you like this stream. That's a way that you can fight back at the corporate overlords who try to determine what we watch. Also, make sure you subscribe to this show. A lot of people have been unsubscribed. So make sure you subscribe, you hit subscribe, and then you press the bell. And if you can, make sure that your Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show, where we give you all sorts of great extra content. And in fact, for this show, if you're here now live, you're in luck because you're going to get to see the whole show for free. If you miss this live and you're watching it later on, enjoy the ample conversation for free. And then to see the full chat, go to patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. See, someone just wrote, I just realized I was unsubbed a couple days ago. What gives? Terrible. Awful. Absolutely awful. Here's a good comment. Uh, Katie and Bree 2024. Lol. <laughs> I actually would appreciate that uh, comment without the lol. I think that would be better. Maybe we're not old just enough. Just try harder. All right. We're not old enough. <laughs> we need a couple more years. Brian Frederick writes, Jank is a union busting Russia gating capitalist. What makes him the arbiter of who is on the left? Well, actually... That's an interesting question. We're going to get to that. Bree, I thought we could just talk about what happened recently. You were the subject of a Jank Uger tirade interview, I should say, on Mediaite, where he determined that you were not a true leftist. Do you want to set up for us what he was responding to in particular? Yeah, I mean, in all fairness... I listened to the longer clip that Case Study put up. And if you're not already following Case Study QB, he's an invaluable resource to those of us on the left for clipping uh, mostly mainstream cable media clips, but also stuff like this that is of interest to the left. Uh, and in a longer interview, the person interviewing him from Mediaite asked some very leading questions that have built into them a characterization of things that I said that is inaccurate. And it seems as though Chank responded taking that framing at face value and used that framing to characterize me and some others as not genuine leftists. Um, and, you know, it was frustrating and people were all abuzz about it. 
And it seems like this was in response in particular to a radar that you did on Rising about Tucker Carlson and replacement theory. The radar that just won't die. It's a radar that just won't (laughs) die. First, let's actually listen then to QB's longer clip, and then we can each do a deeper dive where we listen to more of the podcast that was on Mediaite. Sure. Uh, And they've always been the most popular. And And in terms of why YouTube was the home in the beginning is because they were the first, uh, and they've always been the most popular. And part of the reason for that is they're really, really not biased. They they will not put a thumb on the scale for anyone, okay? And I've seen other platforms do it. It's very frustrating, uh, and, and YouTube won't do it. They really let the audience decide, and that's why um, it's, it's probably the largest one out there now. There have been, at, at least from the left, there have been criticisms of the way YouTube works and the shows that are, are popular on YouTube from, you know, Steven Crowder's show to Joe Rogan. What do you make of criticisms of those platforms allow for independent media that perhaps doesn't have the guardrails that traditional media does? Yeah, so there's two different questions in there. One is about the algorithm, one is about the guardrails. Um, mm. On the algorithms, I'm a businessman. I, I run the TYT network. I'm the C. I'm the founder. I'm the CEO of it. So I understand the business uh, dynamics behind the algorithm decisions that all the platforms make. And overall, I'd say get off their ass. Uh, algorithms are super hard. And so if you set it a certain way, it advantages old shows. And we want that because we're the oldest show on YouTube. Right. Is if you set the algorithm in a different way, it advantages new shows, which is, by the way, where they are now. That's why like people think it's just a matter of popularity. And honestly, popularity has a huge uh, por- part to play. The characters uh, have a huge part to play. But the algorithm has an enormous part to play as well. So when they switched the algorithm, for example, on YouTube to favor new shows, uh, that gave Crowder a huge advantage he was not aware of, right? Um, and because he was a newer show, and that's okay, that's life, okay. And they got to make those business decisions. And to the uh, people on the left that are complaining about those algorithms, it is what it is. You either win or you lose. So mm-hmm. get in the game and figure out what the algorithm is and win it. If you don't, you're just going to sit on the sideline and cry, and that's not going to help anybody, okay? So I don't give a damn what the algorithm is. We'll beat Crowder. We'll beat all of them. And I'm not even a tiny bit worried about the bench bureaus and the right wings of the world. There's no question we're going to beat them all uh, and fairly easily by that. Okay, so that was an algorithm based discussion. But we also have the discussion that's more. Can we? Are we going to respond to that? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yes, please respond. Yeah, I I have never, I wasn't aware, maybe you are, Katie, of the preference for older shows versus newer shows being in the algorithmic switch. My understanding was that there was an algorithmic change to bias, uh, to have a bias toward vetted media shows, like mainstream shows. And that's why people were complaining. I don't know, you know, the idea that new shows can kind of hop on YouTube and have a boost. that doesn't gel with my experience. And I also think that some of the concern is, you know, the stories that we heard from Ari Robinhoft in his new book about the Bernie campaign, we talked about sitting down with Facebook and Facebook being very explicit about how it's changed these algorithms in ways that are destructive to content creator, you know, politicians like Bernie Sanders, who had previously had a very popular Facebook platform and they basically said to him, well, let us run your platform. Let us decide what content you put up and that'll help you. 
I mean, I've heard those kinds of stories that should be concerning to anyone in the interest of democracy, that that these platforms are basically aspiring to control the output of elected officials and things like that. I've also heard people like, you know, complain about events like what happened at the Hill about a month ago, where because they ran raw footage of a Donald Trump rally, and in the context of that footage, Donald Trump did some big lies stuff, the whole of the Hill was taken down for a week and that the Hill can no longer run raw content the way it used to do, like C-SPAN of just things happening in the world because they are now, you know, responsible for anything that gets said by, again, elected officials or other people of public interest in the context of those, those videos. Everything has to be contextualized. And I'm not sure that that is useful for the world or does anything to really stop disinformation All it does is prevent people from seeing primary source material and it really affected their clicks and and what the, you know, what, what people watch most on their show. So those are the kind of complaints I've heard. And it does feel a little dismissive to people who are raising concerns about the algorithm to pretend that it's just kind of, or, or to suggest, I don't mean to say pretend, that sounds like I'm assuming he's operating in bad faith, but to suggest that it's an old versus new phenomenon. Right. I agree. And I think that it's weird. I, at first I was like, wait, what is, is he? He's not really saying this, that YouTube doesn't put its thumb on the scale. I mean, part of the reason that we don't know what YouTube does is because it lacks so much transparency. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he probably hasn't faced any problems with the Young Turks, but the fact that there is kind of behind closed doors decision, there's no transparency, there's no accountability. There are things that get I just posted a video last night of Pete Buttigieg talking about baby formula. There was no single curse in it. It, it was a clip of an interview I did with Bronco Marchetich, who was a very kind of like respectful, civil, straightforward, wholesome Jacobin reporter. There was nothing that was said and it was like limited ads. Why? Why was it limited ads, for instance? Why was my abortion stream limited ads? So I think it's easy. And also their big channels have like people at YouTube that they can reach out to and talk to. Right. So I'm positive that the Young Turks has that. Yeah. I mean, even although I will say the the Hill has that and it didn't keep them from getting their whole channel taken down from a week for a week. But imagine how much worse it probably would be for the Hill without having that contact. So that's another way that it puts its thumbs on the scale. That's a, a big channel. That's a question of having a big channel. I guess maybe if you believe in kind of like free market capitalism, but I also think that that's pretty unfair and that's not very fair and balanced. And that's obviously going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was surprised actually to hear anyone. I I, kind of thought YouTube was like famously bad on this issue. Right. And also, I I mean, I have been hearing and I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at Young Turks's, you know, metrics or anything, analytics. But my understanding was that they were suffering from these changes as well and that they have had dips in subscribers and Mm. not as many views and certainly not as many live views as certain other channels. And so I was also surprised to hear him have that attitude because my understanding was that it was negatively affecting his own channel. Yeah. I wonder why he's saying that then. Weird. Interesting. We're going to have to do another deep dive into this. But Brad, can we play a larger clip from that podcast? Because again, this kind of viral clip of Jank Uger. First, let's play the Jank Uger clip that was tweeted out by Mediaite. So we have a sense of what people have been responding to and what people heard. Then we'll play the longer podcast clip. The mainstream media is disgusting in how they shut out progressives. Um, in terms of the right wing, no, no, no. Brianna Joy Gray, unfortunately, uh, is one of the people that are in the now the fake left. And so this has become a whole 
uh, niche part of the industry. So Jimmy Dore, Glenn Greenwald, Brianna Joy Gray, and a couple of others in there. Uh, that are Dave, To be fair to Dave Rubin, uh, he started this whole thing. Uh, the fake left saying, oh, well, you know, I, it's just I'm, I'm a classical liberal. I'm a progressive. But it turns out the right wing's right about everything. Okay, so that's the shtick that they do. And they go on Tucker's show and and they dance for him. And and so it's disgusting. They're not the real left. Uh, And here's how you can tell. They never disagree with Tucker. So would you like to respond to that? How many times have you danced for Tucker Carlson, by the way? I've never been on Tucker Carlson's show. So I'm not sure what, what that's about. <laughs> what? You've never been on it or danced for I've him? never been on Fox News ever, if actually. <laughs> so what did you think when you heard that? I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, Look, this is not the first time. Well, my first instinct was, you know, that that meme from uh, Real High Slides of Atlanta, where Nini's like, why am I in this? Yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. Why am I in this? Because <laughs> um, people make the criticisms that they want to make about the takes that people have, but it doesn't really feel like there's much there to accuse me of, to be honest. It does feel a little like he might have heard about my Tucker radar and made some presumptions like so many people did on the internet about what it was about. It was, to be clear, a radar that was critical of Tucker Carlson and replacement theory that I did after a white supremacist went into a grocery store with the intent of killing black people and did. And I, it was a, it was a radar which opened with a recitation of the names of the people who were killed in that. Um, And it is kind of galling to me that so many people feel inclined to suggest that I am not principally invested in, uh, raising the flag and condemning and um, defeating white supremacy in the United States of America. But that aside, has some skin in the game there. <laughs> that aside, I mean, I just, the ease with which all of these people who were not the target of that attack are willing to tell me that I'm not, I must not care or I'm not sufficiently invested in white supremacy is always just a real fun time for me. But all of that aside, like it was very clear that, you know, People who were mad didn't listen to the the radar. And it sounds like maybe Chang was misled in the concept of the interview or more broadly than that about what that was about and thinks that for some reason I am a big fan of Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know how to do that. To hear the rest of this chat with Brianna Joy Gray, and believe me, you guys don't want to hear it, go to patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. We love you. We're so grateful for your time. Stay strong. Keep the faith, as you like <laughs> I to say. Appreciate you, Katie. Right back at you. Thanks again for listening to the Katie Helper Show. To hear the rest of that discussion, please join the Patreon at patreon.com/slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com/slash the Katie Helper Show. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, we remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. Our show is produced by me, Katie Halper, Nick Palm, Brad Bloom is our audio engineer and an associate producer on the show. Our researcher is Joshua Bregman. And our theme song is by the band Cordova. See you next time. See you next time.